cocaine, but even critics have claimed that it was shit in its day. Some films are shit and shit they will stay, but some get better over time because of Nicolas Cage. So which film stays shit forever? And which one's got a little bit better? Welcome to Second Chance Movies, the podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance. I'm Joe Harper, your host who loves rewatching movies, and I actively avoid answering phone calls. And I'm Jessica Quaz, your host who's a one and done kind of movie viewer who used to think the razor phones were the coolest thing. <laughs> <laughs> And today, we are giving a second chance to Phone Booth. Do you guys remember Phone Booth? <laughs> you know what? I want everyone to remember this movie. Yeah. And I was especially really interested in revisiting this movie, because as you could tell by the title, the movie takes place in a phone booth. And I was very curious if a piece of dead technology could still carry the interest and intrigue and suspense the movie did when phone booths were way more common. Well, I mean, the movie was made on the end of phone booths. Like, it was phone booths were leaving our lives forever. There are probably kids out here now that don't know what a phone booth is. All right, so first off, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about phone booths, guys. We're going to spoil the hell out of this movie. Yeah, it's uh, 20 years too late, guys. Sorry. So for those of you who forgot or don't even know what phone booth was, I'm gonna read. Uh, I'm gonna read IMDb's summary of phone booth, so we can go down memory lane. Publicist Stuart Shepard finds himself trapped in a phone booth, pinned down by an extortionist sniper rifle. Unable to leave or receive outside help, Stuart's negotiation with the caller leads to a jaw-dropping climax. Why would you tell you? Why would you tell us that in a description? Yeah, don't. Don't give that all away. This is a really bad description of this movie. <laughs> it was a really, really bad description of this movie. <laughs> I've got a better summary for us. Okay. New York, a New York douchebag is forced to play mind games in a phone booth, being held hostage by a mysterious sniper. Hey, what, actually, what was your first time with this movie, Jessica? When um, it's twenty years ago. It was about yeah, twenty years ago, probably a little less than that. Um, it's interesting because my my Nana, who listens to our podcast, shout out, Nana, hello. Thank you, Nana. She uh, actually was the one that showed me this movie. She knew I really liked thrillers. So she was like, I, I like this movie. I think you'd be interested in watching it. Like, let's watch it together. And so, yeah, we watched it together. Maybe, I don't know if it was 2002, like maybe shortly after it came out or a year or so. I don't know. But I remember watching it with her and being like, whoa yeah this is this is wild this is a wild ride and i thought it was really intense and i liked it yeah my my grandparents would never have introduced this to me <laughs> i would never introduce this to them i don't think it, they could handle it <laughs> anything made after 1960 was just not for them <laughs> all right so my first time with it though i it had to have been in the theater i think i saw the trailer and i was like He's stuck in a phone booth? 
this is awesome. And at the time, I didn't know who Colin Farrell was. So even better. And I just loved this movie. I fell in love with it so much. I know I bought it on DVD. I watched the hell out of it. I don't know why I watched it so much. I probably watched it so much because it was so short. I could watch it so many times. <laughs> oh, man. I Yeah, I, I watched this one way more than I should have probably, but I like it. It's fun. I had I had only seen it once since oh, wow. around the time it came out. And so I thought it would be, again, really interesting to see what it's like now, just simply because, like, is it still compelling to be in a phone booth in 2021? Yeah, I, I can see that smile on your face. Mm-hmm. I know you're ready for some reviews. <laughs> Let's get into some reviews. Let's see what Morgan. the people had to say. Well, as always, we like to start off on a positive note. So let's get into some positive reviews. Daniel M. Kimmel of Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Phone Booth is a much better movie than it has any right to be, given its absurd premise. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. All right. David Faucher from Edge Boston wrote... Joel Schumacher's latest film is a thrilling, suspenseful 90 minutes, and it's great entertainment. I can't stress how much that under 90 minutes was. It rules. It was so great. <laughs> rules. Um, also, like, it blows my mind that this is a Joel Schumacher movie. I think we all know him from Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Truly? And how ridiculously goofy those movies are but like he's a director that's like he's got some hits he does he's got some hits but like for me what i find really interesting is like he's while he's got some hits a lot of his movies are like very campy and very zany yeah not what you would think of like a like a one location suspense kind of movie so for me that still blows my mind that he's the director on it it just I don't, I don't, it doesn't compute, but hey, he did a good job on this. Michael Compton of Bowling Green Daily News. Recalling some of the great Alfred Hitchcock films, Phone Booth takes a simple premise and grabs the audience by the throat. Yikes. Oh. (laughs) I don't know how much throat grabbing this movie had. Yeah, I mean, it does... Um, kind of suck you in but I didn't feel like it was choking me to death while doing so Um, fun fact when looking up some fun facts in this movie screenwriter Larry Cohen originally pitched the concept of a film that takes place entirely within a phone booth to Alfred Hitchcock in the 1960s wow that's that, fascinating. That's how long this idea came to be. Wow. Hitchcock liked the idea, but he and Cohen were unable to figure out a plot reason for keeping the film confined to a booth. Once the idea of a sniper came to Cohen in the late 1990s, he was able to write the script in under a month. Wow. So that's incredible. That just goes to show if you've got a dream and a project, Keep going, man, because one day you'll make a fucking good movie. Sharon J. Harvey from Sunday Times Australia wrote, to use phone language, 
it doesn't put you on hold for one second. Oh. I feel like she could have done better. John J. Paculo from Movie Metropolis wrote, Phone Booth is a great call. Oh, these guys are not great with these phone puns. They're really trying. They really, really are. Hey, you should dial in to see this movie. <laughs> so, um, just to keep on the Schumacher shit train. Oh, good. My first negative review <laughs> comes oh. from Sean P. Means of Salt Lake City Tribune. Means like he's going to be mean? He's going to be mean. <laughs> like most Schumacher movies, Phone booth rings loudly, but is disconnected from the real world. Oh, see, that was a really good pun, so I can't really... It was, <laughs> was a good pun. That was better than the positive puns. Mm-hmm. But I'm not disconnected from this movie. I, I'm dialing in. I'm in. Oh, I'm dialed all the way up. Dialed in. Joel Siegel of Good Morning America. The script reads like it was phoned in. Why doesn't Farrell use his cell phone? We're offered a lame excuse. You're not offered a lame excuse. He's a fucking sniper. That's that's not a lame excuse. That's not a lame excuse. Like, a sniper might murder you if you He's use like, your cell phone. Hey, dude, don't answer your phone or I'll fucking shoot you. I see you. I have a sniper on you, bitch. Don't answer. Robert Walensky from the Dallas Observer wrote... The movie's so hung up on its gimmick, it never transcends. Oh, the negatives I, are getting the getting the puns. They, they really are. They understand what puns are. So this is one that's very of the time. Bob Longlino from the Atlantic Journal-Constitution wrote, Not only lacks the thrills and drama one might hope, it's not even half as terrifying as those carrot top commercials for AT&T. What did he do to anybody? (laughs) Why are you bringing carrot top? Who's just trying to make money in on this? I'm excited about this one. You know who it is. It's It's one of our favorite professional reviewers. Is it is it Nell? It's no minnow. She wrote about this movie. What's uh, she gotta say? What's our girl gotta say about phone booth? No minnow of common sense media. <laughs> it's one of those words I can't I can't say because I'm gonna laugh every time. <laughs> I have to get a straight face and okay, act. Act <laughs> your I'm way also, through it. I'm also trying to get into Nell character. This movie doesn't make sense on any level. <laughs> No, no. Oh, what? I don't agree with her, but I love that. I love this. I love this comment. I love the simplicity of just. I don't this get it. This movie did not work for Nell. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. It didn't have to. No offense, Nell. Love you, girl. I think it's like a really easy concept to understand, <laughs> but okay, okay. I, but I'm on her side because, like, what the fuck is a sniper doing? Like, what, who's he thinking? <laughs> Why? It's not, he's not making the world a better place doing this. Not, not at this moment. No, he surely is not. But hey, you know what? We'll get into it right now. Right now. Let's talk about our second chance oh, with Bombos. Oh, all right. Okay. So let's, 
let's get into just what is happening in this movie. Of course. Okay, there's so douchebag New York guy Stu yes. is an agent for many people for many things. Um, one is a little quick Ben Foster cameo. Um, he's like a like a rapper, like one of those punk rap man, like <laughs> freaking out on a limo or something. Um, just a little whiner. Just like man, he's trying to like navigate all these people, and we're kind of seeing how much of a douchebag he is. How little he cares, just like using all these pawns and stuff. And then he gets, uh, he he goes in the phone booth every day because he is using that to call his girlfriend, who who is not his wife. Um, so because the cell phone would track those calls, him making to his girl. So yeah, and then sniper calls the payphone is like, hey. I know what you did. What you know, you're gonna stay here until you realize what you did and you atone for what you've done. Okay, man, you're just a weird sniper guy. You're you're not the morally right guy in this situation. No. So what's strange is first of all, we learn like way too quickly that this that the snipe uh believes that he's some sort of vigilante. Who is like take? Who's using phones to distract and then murder the morally corrupt of of the city, if you will. The two previous people that he has killed that we know of, one was a pedophile, and the other was like some guy who scammed a ton of money out from innocent people. So, like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Like taking out like really terrible guys who aren't gonna get like correct justice. But with yeah. with Colin Farrell's character Stu, like yeah, he's kind of a dick and like a douchebag, but like he's not saying adultery's like cool, but he's just like his big thing is that he's banging someone other than his wife. He's just having an affair with the woman. Mm-hmm. And he's having an affair with Katie Holmes. Um, yeah, which is like this is one of her first movies past Dawson's Creek. She was trying to be a movie star and but like so to me to find the whole vigilante aspect of it compelling he would need to be doing something like even more horrific like maybe him going into the phone booth around the same time every day to call his mistress is a way for sniper guy to know what where he's at at a particular time but then there's got to be more to it because then that becomes a morality issue of like he's cheating on his wife which is shitty but it's nowhere near the level of abusing children and like scamming people out of a lot of money. The other two are affecting lives. the lives of multiple people. So yeah, that was one thing where like I like this premise. I like this premise of like someone having to face their their issues, their the things that they've done to harm people. But what what Stu has done is just not enough for me to be like, yeah, like hold this guy to the flames make him answer for shit play mind games with him so we need a little more and it get like maybe they were hesitant to make him a terrible guy because he is supposed to be like our hero but like we were saying like i didn't care we we have to feel for him in some way we do we we do have to root for him but like i don't like him already so if we make him (laughs) like bad more okay i'd be more the movie already put itself in a corner making 
two people, the leads that we don't really like. Mm-hmm. The yeah. only person we can root for is Forrest Whitaker, who shows up as the captain, who's just trying to be a nice guy and, like, do his job correctly and, like, hey, I don't want anyone hurt, so, like, I need you to come out of the booth. Like, I can't come out of the booth. Well, you gotta, because we're the police. <laughs> but we gotta do this everything safely. So, if you need your time, hey, as long as you're just talking, mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. <sighs> At some point, the sniper actually does shoot somebody um and so to the police, prove that he has a gun to prove that he has a gun the police come think that colin farrell might be the one with the weapon they're confused why he's staying in his phone booth so forrest whitaker like you said is the captain comes in he's like hey i'm, I'm gonna work this out for some reason it really bothered me that Stu was like super fucking hostile to the police like right away and i was like <laughs> dude like don't do that they already think you're bad like be nice to them like try to explain what's happening maybe but like don't yell at them so that was one thing i see i already don't like stew make him even worse who fucking cares one thing i did really like about this movie though is that there was this chaotic energy to it from the minute it started to the minute it ended and I found that so compelling because the whole, like, the whole feeling for Colin Farrell's character is chaos. And so right, when, right away when the movie's open, we're seeing Stu, like, juggling his multiple clients. I'm going to correct you just slightly. Mm-hmm. The movie opens with a very weird voiceover exposition about explaining what, cell, like, cell phones in phone booths are yeah i hate it that (laughs) was fucking bizarre as hell bizarre the that was so strange and there's these weird like these graphics and like just get to colin farrell just yeah (laughs) what are we doing we it was like we know what phones are at this point but but we so okay but to make this movie timeless you because like kids today what the hell is that why would you go in that glass booth what is going on that's true okay sure it might need this explanation for the future see and like this weird ass voiceover talking about phones like literally after the voiceover is ending says like and this phone booth is about to be torn down meet its last occupant of it and then it cuts to stew and it's like but it, what's weird is it's not Kiefer sutherland no we never hear that voice again we never hear that voice again (laughs) why did we have this person why did you guys pay this guy to say this line it's such a weird choice and like so right right when the movie started and it was that i was like oh i'm not this is outdated as hell i am not going to enjoy this it's interesting too because it almost reminded me of the energy of like a sad feet brothers movie like a like an uncut gems energy where it's like chaos and like tension do you think the Safety Brothers is in phone booth? I would love to know that. I, I would know. love to know that. Hey, Safety Brothers, if for some reason you find our podcast. <laughs> if you're listening, fans of the show. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone knows the Safety Brothers, I'd love to hear only their thoughts on phone booth. I don't really care what other movies they've watched. No, I'm just very but curious. Back to the sniper. Uh, he actually does not have a name. He's the caller. Oh, ominous. Um, he kills two people in this movie. Uh, one is just a poor little delivery guy who oh, yeah. just delivers the message or just delivers him some food. 
Um, just yeah, some pizza at the beginning because he's yeah, whatever. Anyway, he gets his throat slit, and then he shoots the the pimp. And I just think the pimp's not doing anything bad. He's just kind of like getting kind of violent. Like, hey, get the fuck out of this phone booth. Um, I just don't see how the color is, you know, this high morality when he just murders two people in this day. The shooting of the pimp to me, well, is unnecessary. Also shows <laughs> to me, like, he's unhinged. He will shoot. He doesn't yeah. give a shit. Um, the pizza delivery guy, that, you know, that was done to set it, him up, sort of. But, like, that also is like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. But all this could have been, like, like understood-ish, because he's our villain, if he wasn't on this like weird moral high ground of like i'm doing this because i'm trying to make people better it's like okay well then maybe somehow he knew like the pimp was actually trafficking the prostitutes or something so that okay. it was like see i shot him but it doesn't he was also a really bad dude or the pizza delivery guy was also secretly a bad dude doing something shady he jerks off into people's pizzas he, he jerks had to be stopped into, he had to be stopped he's a monster i do want to say though yeah i think that colin farrell's acting is still really good in this movie and he's the fact the fact that he was also acting essentially against no one because when they're filming it he's probably just on a phone and some someone is reading the lines to him you that. know is incorrect oh okay you got a fun fact <laughs> uh the phone actually worked and there was someone on the other line talking to colin farrell speaking as the caller okay but keeper sutherland's voice was added in during post-production okay um they have listed a few people that were like cast before sutherland but then they're like oh wait we can get sutherland okay bye you're out <laughs> Keepers in. Okay, but still, like, you know, I would find it to be more difficult to do that kind of acting performance um, when you're not doing it face-to-face -face with someone, when you're doing it on a phone call, even then would still be, like, it's, I would think, yeah. really tough to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it it's such a high-concept, wild movie, but I think that the performance is so strong that it's, like, makes it believable like i believe that this dude is fucking confused and terrified and is trying to get out of this but doesn't know how like so it plus con Farrell. good job on that part phone booth is a movie and joe how do you think that movie holds up in 2021 do you think it deserves a second chance i think i think it deserves a second chance i think it's a movie that i think it stands the test of times it's still like a decent thriller that keeps me on like the edge of my seat. I feel like if you're a new audience member that hasn't seen it, you'll be on the edge of your seat like, oh shit, what's going to happen next? And even me not seeing it for a while, I'm still like hooked into the drama and the suspense of like this, you know, guy in a phone booth that's pinned down. I'm just reading off the IMDb thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but those snipers just like, you know, talking through them. It just, it's all, really, it's just like, a conversation between two guys that's kind of interrupted by police and it's it's intense it's tense at moments yeah i still think it holds up as a solid thriller um i would i make changes to it probably but i don't care i think that what we get is great 
Um, I do, I do think this movie deserves a second chance and hell, maybe a sequel. I agree with you on this one. I say give it a second chance. If you haven't seen it in a while, you should definitely rewatch it. Um, Hold up. It holds up a lot better than you would expect it to. And the, you know, technology being outdated doesn't affect how intriguing the movie is. But I think it is incredibly thrilling for it to be um, in, you know, such a confined space. I got really sucked into it and was in in this ride until the end. Um, so, yeah, I thought it surprisingly held up very well. And I would say absolutely watch it again. You'll enjoy it a lot more than you think you would. Good job, Phone Booth. Good job, Phone Booth. Good job, Colin Farrell. Good job, screenwriter that shout waited out. decades to make it shout happen. Shout out to Joel Schumacher. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Second Chance Movies. As always, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube if you want a visual of each episode. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. Everything on social media will be linked down in the show notes if you want to follow us and continue the conversation after this episode. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's a movie that you want us to give a second chance to. We would love to do it. As always, thank you to Beatty McBeatface for our theme song. And yeah, we'll be back next week with another second chance movie. Second chance.